Hello and welcome to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. As always, it's an absolute pleasure to be here with you and to bring you the fourth season of this podcast, focusing on mental health and well-being. In this, the fourth part of the season, we're focusing on mental health awareness for students and young people here in Kenya. Anxiety, depression, stress, overwhelm and suicide are at an all-time high with the youth of our nation. I believe that we have reached crisis point and we need to escalate our efforts in raising mental health awareness, reducing stigma and increasing access to professional care. My lineup of guests will be sharing their insights and experiences openly and honestly. So do stay with me for the next hour as we talk about mental health and mindfulness, play some music and meditate together. My first guest today is currently a fourth year student at Strathmore University. He's the vice president of the Strathmore University Media Group and is also a host on the podcast Walking the Streets whilst managing the mental health podcast How You Doing. He's passionate about food, not just eating it, but cooking, reading and talking about it. He plays football and also writes music every so often. His biggest fear is living in his head. He describes himself as a loving, passionate overthinker. King Atua Roy, welcome to Mindfulness Music and More. Ah, thank you. Lovely to be here. I love this. Your biggest fear is living in your head. What do you mean by that? Uh, cause it's darkest inside my head. Like the things, like if it was to be put into a miniature me and thrown inside my head. That would be the hardest place for. I'd rather be on a desert or like lost somewhere than live in my head. Because there are corners in that place that have the Grim Reaper, the darkness, the cobwebs. So it's a scary place. That sounds scary. Okay, we all have dark places in our in our heads. Um, but actually, going into our head sometimes is a way of healing. True. You fear going into your head. What are the things that have caused such dark places in your life? I don't know. I think like just past experiences. Things I've seen, past experiences, uh, they've affected me in different ways. And sometimes I don't deal with them the best way, so I just harbor them inside. You see, like, when you have a car and maybe you crash your car, but you never take it to the mechanic. So the next time you get out of your garage and look at it, like, oh, my God. So that, that that's the dark places in my head. I find that analogy really interesting, right? You crash your car, you don't take it to the mechani- mechanic. Next time, you've got a problem. Do you feel that about our minds? That Yes. Yes, I do. Okay. Like we suppress and hide too much of what we go through and it catches up with us later in life and we're like, oh my God, where is this coming from? It's coming from all the trauma that you hid in your head 10 years, 15 years ago. How old are you? 21. Okay, so you're very young. Yes. You've got some dark places. Are you able to share any of these traumas that you've been to? And of course, you only share as much as you feel comfortable doing so. Yeah, sure. Uh, like where, where I live... Uh, there was a time, I can't remember how long ago it was. So I'm just in my bedroom and I, what was I doing? I think I was just from the shower. I'm just dressing now when I go eat dinner. All of a sudden I hear like a loud bang and like it's screaming for some reason. I'm like, what's going on? So I just assumed and I thought, no, maybe people are drunk. They're just making noise on the road. The bang continues again and it's a loud noise. So I open the drips, I open my curtains and I look outside. So I see this guy lying on the floor holding his, I think his tummy area. And then I see now like a white light, pa, and then the bang again. Oh, wow, this guy's being shot. He's being mugged. And I'm seeing this. Okay, I was like, okay. So that time I was living with my mom still. So she comes from downstairs. She's running up the stairs. She's like, what's going on? What's going on? She just finds me frozen at the window because I've just seen someone being shot. I'm like, oh, that was interesting. Oh, it's traumatic. How old were you, do you think? <sighs> I, can't remember. I was like maybe 15. Okay, so you were a teenage boy when yeah, you saw something. Yeah. That is just, I can't imagine the trauma you must have gone through. Yeah, Did you ever talk about this with a professional? <laughs> no. At that age, no. I, I didn't even... I wasn't aware of mental health. I wasn't like, I just knew I had seen something. I was like, okay, it's affected me like this. You know, PTSD and all those mm-hmm. things. You hear them when you're watching army movies and veterans talking about how their friend's legs were blown up. Not me seeing someone being shot from my own bedroom. But you understand that is a similarity on yeah. the PTSD. Have you spoken about it since? To a yeah, I've told people, but not like in a... Uh, you see, like the way you t- talk to a therapist for it to be solved. No, but maybe just sharing it with people. But I found ways, like, for the longest time, in that room, I can't sleep without music. It's something my friends know. 
like i can't sleep without a constant background noise playing so that i know the environment is at a still mm. so if that music stops i have an issue but if i continue hearing the music or at any point during the night i wake up and i hear the music i'm like everything's okay nothing has changed you so play music through the night you can't sleep in silence through the night it's it's hard like unless i have a very long day and i'm tired and i just knock out but when i go to bed i always try as much as possible either my earphones are on my phone is on for the longest time i've had a radio in my room so i just turn it on and leave it on till the morning roy tell me you're 21 <laughs> you have you're at university you have a lot of friends around you i would imagine or at least peers yeah do your peers go through similar things of because to me this sounds like ptsd there's anxiety there mm. do your friends go through this yeah sure different people have gone through different things in their lives which have affected them on this yeah so you 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 had this traumatic experience when you're 15 what about since university what are the kind of challenges you're facing that perhaps have caused as you call it the darkness in your head <laughs> wow uh huh let's see university university either is the relieving and the coming to realization of the things that happened when you're a child and you're realizing right now oh wait this affected me this and this and this way and then there's also the basic stresses of education at the same time there's a pressure that when you finish school you want to come out and be earning or have a salary there's that there's living alone which is a whole other ball game by itself and there's also at the same time trying to juggle maybe work and maybe trying to find a relationship or this thing of noticing oh this person maybe is around 10 people every day you're around one person what's the difference between me and them what do you mean 10 people oh that there are 10 people around them yeah like there's those people you see who are here there and everywhere with everyone and you're just there by yourself nowhere in your house so it sounds like you're juggling a lot right you're juggling your studies your yeah. pr- your uh, social life am i you're comparing yourself to other people you're worried about your future you're looking at your past as well how do you sh- how do you cope with all these things as a young man at university what coping strategies do you have oh my coping strategies are interesting so i recently <laughs> got a puppy a uh, german shepherd she's called phoebe okay dogs dogs i don't know there's just that special thing about dogs when i come home and i'm angry and then i open the door and she gives me those puppy dog eyes those things are real i just feel all warm and everything just disappears put her on her leash and we just go running so pet therapy which is actually a, yeah. a very big i know that when i had depression my therapy was my cat tabasco they are unconditional love yeah what uh, so definitely pet therapy and then that makes you go out and walk so yeah, you're in nature yeah, yeah. any other ways of co- healthy coping strategies i write down okay. uh like i said i do music but like it's more of just a way to vent i write rap so i write them down record them listen to myself enjoy them and move on and i'm like yeah i've written it i've said it it's gone now i can move on amazing because once i write like the raps on paper now i visualize them and i'm like okay now we're really going through a road roy and then i'm like okay come down let's just rap about it and then when you're rapping about it, it's like all the pain you're feeling at that moment just comes out in the words and with the flow and when you're done you just feel like I'm, i'm 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 cool i can now move on with my day amazing yeah. thank you for sharing thank you let's go to your first song choice it's pompey by bastille why have you chosen this i was young when i first heard this song and it was those days when you used to come home from school 5 pm is music on the tv so i heard it the first time and i was like i didn't understand what was going on in the song i just liked the melody and as i grew up Uh, I started to grow an affinity towards the song. Every time I hear it, I just resonate with it and it makes me happy. And then turn to my happy song whenever I'm just sad. I just play this song and I get happy. Okay? Well, let's have a listen. Close your eyes. Does it almost feel like nothing changed at all and 
kept tumbling down in the city that we love. Great clouds roll over the hills, bringing darkness above. But if you close your eyes, does it Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More. My second guest today is a second year student at Strathmore University. She's a mental health advocate and enthusiast and novice musician. She loves to work with people, especially teens, who feel as though they're completely alone in whatever they're going through. Being a survivor herself, she constantly volunteers in high schools and primary schools to teach about mental health and also listen to students. She describes herself as resilient, persistent and loving. Beverly Ongecha, welcome to Mindfulness Music and More. Thank you so much for having me. I'm curious to know, you say being a survivor herself. What is a survivor in what way? I feel like there are a bunch of instances in my life where it could have gone badly. It could have gone very badly. For myself, I would have killed myself. I would have done everything to destroy myself. But it never happened like that. There was always something that stopped me. There was always someone that um, either coincidentally just calls and was asking something really, um, really nothing, like just a very random question. But there's always been like a stop to every single destruction attempt, let me call it that. Okay, so you've had suicidal ideation. How old are you, Beverly? I'm 19. You're 19. What and and when have you had these suicidal ideations? How old have you been? Uh, I would say seriously first when I was like 16. So when I was 16, uh, that's that was the year when I would describe that everything went downhill from there. What went downhill that made you think about taking your own life? I was I didn't have a safe space when I was 16. Um, that's how I would describe it. Um, the school that I was in was not very friendly and not very accommodating. So that was an issue. And then home as well was a bit rocky, not even a bit rocky. It was rocky. And so I didn't have anywhere that was quiet and peaceful. School is bad. Home is bad. There's really nowhere that I can go. I'm just 16. What do I do? And it piled up and I started getting too lonely and two in my head and one day I was like I'm done with all of this I don't want to wake up in this reality I don't want to do this anymore because there's nothing worth living for anymore what stopped you what stopped me was the attempt didn't work so you attempted to take your life yeah and it just didn't go through so um I kind of take it as a sign, like in hindsight now, um, I look at it and go, I'm actually happy that it didn't work out because there's so many things that I've seen from that time to today that I would have not traded for anything. 
So I'm happy that it didn't happen. Was that the first time you tried to take your life? Yes, that was the first time. And have you since then tried again? I did again, actually, when I was now 17. And yes, 17. Still in a very dark and rough space. Home was bad, school was bad. Um, I had nothing of a social life. I was quite a hermit. I would keep to myself. I would stay in my room all day. I would. I was very... Um, I did ostracize myself from everybody else. So that's, again, the loneliness crept in. And loneliness is powerful. It's quite powerful. The minute you get into a very dark place when you think you are completely by yourself, it's it kind of swallows you, I would say. It's like a blanket that covers you completely. So yeah, that one was, I was 17. What happened then? How how did you get out of that? My friend, my friend called someone. Okay. What is your life like now? Have you been able to turn it around so that you don't have suicidal ideation or you don't attempt to take your life? Uh, my life now, uh, I would say after I left my high school, because that was a major factor of why I was very, very mad at life. After I left the high school, I was very determined to get help because I knew I needed help. So that's when I started seeing psychologists and trying to get answers for myself. I go to, um, I do psychotherapy at Chiromo as well. Okay. Um, Yeah. And that's helped you? greatly helps. Okay, what kind of things, what kind of coping strategies do you get at Chiromo? Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot to do there, actually. A lot of pastimes. So aside from obviously seeing your therapists and seeing your psychiatrists, um, the people you'll meet there, I think that's the biggest, my best, the best part about being there is the people you meet there. Different people with different stories, and they're all so real. Like a story that you would have otherwise just heard on TV or read in a book or had somebody else tell you, but not then it's not first hand information. You hear it from somebody who's sitting right across from you and it feels so real that wow, there's somebody who goes through this and they're right here. Okay. Say so that's that's pretty good. To our listeners, if you've been affected or triggered by this conversation, please do seek help and also hold yourself in compassion. Uh, Suicide is something that we continue to talk about as it affects so many people in this country. So please, please do reach out for help if you need it. Bev, what, what are you studying at Strathmore University? I do communications. Okay. And you then go into, you. it says you volunteer in high schools and primary schools to teach about mental health. What's the motivation behind this? The motivation behind it is because I know that there's a gap in mental health um, awareness. Um, I went to a public school and anybody who has been to a public school can attest that mental health is not anything that's spoken about. You will be told you need to pray more. Mm-hmm. You will be told you need to eat something. You're not sad. You're just hungry or something like that. They'll gaslight you to the end and you will, at the end of it, feel very insane. And it's sad. It's sad how they do that to you because especially if you're in a boarding, you're living with these people. If somebody tells you something long enough, you will believe it. Mm-hmm. So I know that there's a gap. And after I left, I was like, I am just one person. I know that. But I can at least try as much as one person can do. What kind of things do you do? And and do you actually go into schools and talk? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did. I did mostly um, when I left high school, the gap between jo- leaving high school and joining uni, because I had a lot of free time. Mm-hmm. There was that. And also when when I'm bored, not, not bored, let me not say bored, but like I have a free weekend. If I have a free weekend and I feel like, I would love to share this. I reach out to schools and I go there. What are your family and friends like when when they hear that you try to take your life? What kind of support are you getting from the people around you? Are you getting any support? They never knew. To this day, don't know. Okay, they will now. They will now. So I've kind of really put myself on that. I'll have to tell them after this that they know. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So no one really knows. See, my friends, my friends knew. 
because at my school there was no privacy privacy was not a thing that existed so you can't really do anything and be completely alone so they knew but when i would go home it was just a matter of flipping a switch be okay you know so, look okay so your family never knew that you tried they nothing okay i how do you think they'll fi- uh, who are who's in your family who's who's in um, my parents yeah my older brother and my older sister how do you think they will feel when they hear this because they will hear it i don't know i have no way of telling they're quite um interesting people i can't really gauge their reactions to things are you worried about them hearing oh quite definitely but i'm not i'm just a little bit worried why why have you chosen to tell us that you have attempted to take your life on radio <laughs> without telling your family what's the motivation be- be- behind telling us this what do you want listeners to learn from this cuz i know that there's somebody else as well mm-hmm. cuz one thing about being as i said loneliness is is powerful when you tell yourself that you're alone you will believe that you're alone and at my school and everything no one is going to tell you otherwise no one is going to also say that also me like i also have this i know somebody who has this no everybody's going to look at you like you're stuck mad okay so yeah i okay. would just for the fact of i know there's somebody else as well okay well i think you're very brave i do think you need to speak to your family so that um they do know perhaps what was the motivation as well because i know you've been a bit vague on that and, and we're not going to go into it but i do think you're very brave to tell this to everyone so thank you for sharing it um how does it feel having it out there it's okay um <laughs> i knew i knew what i was going to say it was all premeditated okay. so you've thought about yeah, this conversation yeah yeah i really did think about it and vet what i was going to say how vaguely i would put it or how in depth i would go and i'm okay with it i'm okay with everything okay thank you well let's go to your first song choice i feel like we all need a break uh, from that very heartfelt thank you uh you've chosen train wreck by james arthur why have you chosen this song because i would sing that song to myself in 2020 2020 was another year of reckoning um it was quite difficult and in a line in that song he says he needs someone who can find hope in the hopeless and at that point i believe that i was hopeless and i really wanted somebody to look at me and say that's not the case and so that song really resonated with me at the time do you feel that actually by talking about this you want somebody to know that it's not hopeless yeah they're not okay. they're not hopeless that you're never com- you're never hopeless okay. at all at all Thank you. Well, let's go to your song choice, Trainwreck by James Arthur. Laying in the silence, waiting for the sirens, signs, any signs of the life still. I don't want to lose it, but I'm not getting through. is hey should i pray should i pray yeah. to myself to a god to a savior who can Say 
Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More with me, Shalini Bala-Lucas. Before the break, we were talking to Strathmore University students, Roy and Beverly. Roy, you are in, uh, you, you do something with two podcasts. I think one, you're a host, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. And the second one, you manage. Yes, that's Tell correct. Tell me a little bit about these podcasts and what they're about. Uh, the first one is our flagship. It's called Walking the Streets. Okay, what's that about? What do you talk about? anything and everything <laughs> it's it's more of like just friends sitting and catching up after a while it's it's at strathmore is it no we recorded in my house oh yeah we recorded in my house and where do you where do you broadcast it what what uh, platforms? all the platforms uh apple uh, spotify anchor it's it's everywhere except youtube is it about university students yeah we we try and focus on like the daily hustles people encounter um, what people are doing in university are uh, relationships, uh, advice, um, mental careers, health. Yeah, mental health. What As kind of conversations have come up about mental health on this podcast? Oh, parents. <laughs> parents are daddy issues, uh, mommy issues. Um, how to grow up and not be like your parents, or how to grow up and be like your parents. Because we came to notice that we focus too much on what we don't like about our parents. That one episode we just decided to talk about. Okay, so what do we like about our parents? <laughs> do your parents listen to these podcasts? <sighs> My mother once or twice. Okay. When I feel like the episode is okay for her, not to have a heart attack, <laughs> I, I send it to her. <laughs> okay, and it's all it's it's young people talking about life generally. Yeah, yeah, true. Do you feel that your conversations are more positive or more negative? More negative. Wow. Without a doubt. There's a day we were told by one of the content team, you guys need to do a positive episode. We struggled. We really sat down there for 40 minutes. We were just bouncing off nothing. I found that, I find that really sad because if the young people of our nation don't have hope and positivity and looking forward to what is going to be an amazing life... Uh, yeah, you can see I'm lost at words. I feel sad. It's not It's not that we don't have hope. It's that, um, how do I put it? Sometimes when you have something for such a long time, you'd rather live without it to see how the other side lives, to see if it's worth it to go back and having hope, for example. Because mm. like, it's not that we don't have positive things. It's just that I think we're brought up in a time or in a society that we just like focusing on the negatives too much that the positive things are drowned out. So you think it's society that we're focusing on negative or do you think that young people today, and Beverly, can I bring you in on this conversation? Do you think young people today have it harder than perhaps what your parents did? You're both looking at each other. Um, I think... Because, <laughs> you know, my, my dad always used to say when yeah. I was your age, I had two shirts in my cupboard and I used to work on Sundays doing da-da-da. And they had it hard. The struggles are different. The struggles are different because the times are different. So what are the struggles that we are having? I can't say we, I'm a generation ahead. <laughs> you are having that perhaps I didn't have and perhaps my parents didn't have. There's a lot. There's, there's so a lot of struggles, especially with the dawn of technology yeah, and social media. There's a lot. Tell me, tell me. Tell, to, to somebody who's, imagine I'm an alien and I've landed on, on Earth and I've just seen life as was 40 years ago. What's changed in this last in your lifetime that you feel you're struggling with? Oh, wow. Instagrams and the Snapchats and the Instagram bodies and the Snapchat bodies. Why? But why is that a struggle? Mm. Guys, explain it to me. Cyberbullying, I think. Mm. Cyberbullying? Okay. Yeah. Cyberbullying is bad. Um, with social media, especially if you're a very active and dedicated user of social media, comes a lot of backlash, comes yeah. a lot of hate, comes a lot of comparison. Mm. And especially if this becomes your main thing, like you're either earning from social media or something like that, and you're forced to be in that space. Mm -hmm. Social media can be extremely toxic. When you stay in that space long enough, you do realize why some people decide to delete all socials and remain with just calls and SMS. Because it can be very, very awful. So, so that's my challenge to you too, right? And you're both smart. You're both open about conversation. If you are struggling or getting trolled or cyber bullied on social media, surely the youth of today can go, well, I can live without social media. Can you live without social media, Roy? Personally, I'll say no. Why? Because, because if it's if it's so tough on there, why are you staying on it? No, for me, I'd say no, because my use of social media may differ from other people. Okay. Like, for example, Instagram. My Instagram is a bit of like my news. 
So I go to my feed to see because I've my news. So that's where I get information and news. My Pinterest is just for how do you say dream shopping. When I get a house, this is how this will look like. This is I rarely have conversations on those sites. I rarely try. I don't post unless it's been like a month, five months. I'm like, oh, let me do something or like something really good happen. I don't post. I don't try and keep up with the post. Don't try looking for followers. I'm just there on my own wavelength, and I think that's what most people have not accomplished. People go up there and like they're trying to do what others are doing. They aren't self-sufficient and self-satisfied with who they are. So they're trying to make it on online, which is what you're saying, Beverly. That there's a lot of comparisons and stuff. Again, I would challenge you. Then do you not just come off social media? Well, I personally do not have a following. Mm-hmm. I don't have any type of um, attachment to any of my accounts, and I once did. I used to have a proper attachment to a an Instagram account I had that I was the longest running account I did and I deleted it in 2021. It got awful for myself. It was doing everything negative. Like what? Explain it again. Explain to somebody who perhaps I mean I do live on Instagram and but I'm not this this generation that has grown up with technology, right? What was it about Instagram that was so hateful that was affecting you? The first thing that I probably encountered was extreme comparison. I would spend hours. I was the type of person to spend hours on the explore page, and after some time, the algorithm customizes itself to you. So if I'm looking at people that look a certain way, then that's all my explore page is going to be like. So I would spend hours there looking at these people and being like, "Wow, I wish I had that. I wish I was like that. I wish I could go here. Things like that." And I, it started off as a joke. But again, if you tell yourself the same thing for the right amount of time, you'll believe it. And I started to believe it. And once I started to believe it is when I had to take a step back. And I was also getting trolled on that account by some very awful people. When you deleted it, what was the feeling? Absolute anguish. Mm. I was gutted. <laughs> I, I thought gutted. you were going to say relief. So <laughs> I was gutted. I had I had quite a following on that account. Okay, I thought I had quite a following. I think I was at like um 1920k. That's quite a following. That's decent. So I thought that, you know, I w- actually wanted to monetize the account like once I grew, but it was just too much for me. And just the constant putting yourself out there, I didn't like that. So the anguish then what what's the next feeling where are you now in that process i'm um, i'm okay with it you i had yeah i moved on completely i had to release my attachment to social media wow i love it i can't believe you're 19 you speak mm-hmm. like a much much wiser person older person which is just incredible because it's exactly that it's attachment to whatever social media gives you yeah again asking the youth of today what social media is are the youth looking at and and do you feel that the youth in Kenya are turning to Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok or are they beginning to turn away oh i'd say the split in the middle okay. because i think there was a wave of turning away and then all of a sudden influencers became the biggest thing in mm-hmm. the market companies want to use them organizations yeah. it's the easiest way in quotes to make money and to earn a living. So I think they won't turn away but there's this crop that's like hmm let's say for example if Beverly made it with her 20k I can do it with my 16,000. So it's split in the middle. But one thing I've seen is a lot of people are running away from Twitter for example. Yeah. Cuz they say it's too harsh a space it's and it's hugely toxic Twitter in Kenya. Is something else. It's huge. I, I I don't know what it is with Kenyan Twitter but yeah. it is toxic. Um I feel social media is what you make it. Cuz For Twitter there's this thing they introduced it uh, recently called Twitter Spaces. Yes. One of the best places to get engaging conversations oh. and all. Okay. Twitter is also one of the best places to get information on stocks and currencies, Bitcoin. So for me I tell you social media is what you make it. If you want to engage in the negativity, there's a channel you'll go there, your algorithm will give you all the negatives. But if you're always on Bitcoin and currencies, your algorithm is never going to give you what's hashtagging number 1 and who's being insulted. So I think it's just about how you use it for your own benefit. It's fascinating. Thank you both for sharing with us on social media. I find it a really fascinating topic. So thank you. Roy, I'm going to cast you away to a desert island for now and I would like to know what book you would take with you. Uh, huh. that was a hard question cuz 
picking one was difficult and but i'm not the person who reads uh inspirational books or deep books i read books to escape okay so what book was so it so the art the author i wrote was david baldacci mm-hmm. he is a natanie by profession but he writes books so i think i'd go with maybe last month standing okay why It talks about a man who's trying to his name was tarnished in 10 seconds after his build a reputation for about 30 years. So the whole book is him trying to bring back his name and he faces a lot of anguish and turmoil trying to reclaim his family and all. And I felt like even in a desert I just want to escape and feel like I'm watching a movie and not embrace the desert life that I'm with right. Now. <laughs> Why not? I I think it sounds like a great idea. Okay. What uh, song would you take? Uh, Best Part of Life by St. John. Why? he's he's sad in the song but the message is happy okay and those two emotions are what I experience day in day out so even I'm, a, i'm in the desert and if i never make it out it's okay that song will take me through the days it is a desert island and it's tropical and it's quite nice so don't worry you will make it <laughs> okay and what luxury item would you i love this luxury item what would you take it a soft snuggly blanket. Okay, it just sounds great. Why would you take that? I mean, I think it's self-explanatory, but why would you? Because I need to sleep and it gets quite cold <laughs> on the coast, so I need to cover myself up at night nicely. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, I'll give it to you. Thank you. Thank Look, you. let's go to your song choice. It's Best Part of My Life by Sinjin. Welcome back to Mindfulness Music and More. Every week we do a meditation. Today I'm going to do a grounding meditation. It's very very simple. You stand either outside or inside wherever you feel comfortable and your feet are flat on the floor without shoes 
and without socks if you can. I want you to really feel the ground beneath you. Take a deep breath in and breathe out. As you breathe in, imagine that breath traveling all the way from your nose down to your feet. And as you breathe out, you let out all that does not serve you well. Breathe in and breathe out. Feel grounded and feel rooted as you imagine roots growing from the soles of your feet down to the center of the earth. And as you do so, imagine all that you do not want going down and being absorbed by Mother Earth. Take a deep breath in and breathe out. Feel grounded, feel rooted, feel centered. Allow Mother Earth to support you. Feel strong as you bring your awareness to your breathing and slowly come back to my voice. Let's look at your quotes, Roy and Beverly. Roy, you chose the quote, when I say or do something, I do it. I don't give a damn what you think. I'm doing this for me. Who's this quote by and why does it resonate with you? This quote is by Marshall Mothers, also known as Eminem. Mm Mm-hmm. Why does it resonate with you? Because for the longest time I did things for others. I hadn't, like, everything I did was to satisfy other people's wants, desires, and their spaces. And, like, I just wanted to make other people happy. But it reached a point, I flicked a switch, and it became about me and what I want and what I want to gain from this. So I carry that quote with almost everything I do. I'm like, it may not resonate with you, but it's my journey and it's my purpose. And I'm doing this because I think it's effective and for me. And that's why I'm doing it. I, I'm, I find it fascinating that you're so young and you have already made this. It's, I only came to this decision in my 40s. So I think you're very lucky. Thank you. So Thank you. Beverly, your quote, you don't know who it's by, but it's something that you've heard for many years. Be who you needed when you were struggling. Where did you hear this quote? Um, it was a friend of mine told me it when we were in high school and we were talking about the future and she asked me, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? And obviously had like the generic answers in terms of careers. And she said, no, in terms of as a person. And I said, I don't know. And she said, why not be the person you needed when you were struggling or at your lowest? She sounds very wise again. Quite wise, actually. And this was in your teenage years? Yeah, we were about 15. Wow. She was a very quiet girl. And when she spoke, it was quite impactful. Are you still in touch with her? Yes, I am. Okay. Wow. Thank you. Beverly, if I were to cast your way to a desert island and you could only take one book with you, what would it be? I'd like to change the book that I had Mm -hmm. given initially. So now I I have a book that I've read. Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. Why? It's it's a good book that gives proper insights. It's very um it 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 has a lot of philosophical backing to it in the questions that come up as you're reading the book, what it means to be human and what it means to have certain influences in your life and how that will play out for the rest of your life. I think it's very good. Okay, fantastic. Sounds great. And if there was one song you could play, what would it be? I'm still here by Sia. Why? Because I'm still here. (laughs) (laughs) It was an obvious question, wasn't it? Yeah, and we're so glad you're here and I'm grateful that you're here. So thank you. And finally, if there was one luxury item you could take with you, what would it be? Um, A bag of seeds. Okay, why? Because I'm on an island. I don't want to starve. I won't eat atomic habits. So I'll bring a bag of seeds to plant and hopefully not die. Okay. No, we were going to give you food, but hey. Do you like gardening? Um, I don't like like actually getting my hands dirty, but I love the fruits of gardening. It's absolutely beautiful. Okay. Well, you're going to have to get your hands dirty. <laughs> I'm going to take some seeds. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you both, Roy and Be- Beverly. I'd like to present each of you with my book, Happiness, Is It Simply a Mindset Shift? As a thank you for appearing on this show. 
To all my listeners, this book is now available at Textbook Center and Raffle Books in Kenya and Amazon worldwide. Please also follow me for more mental health tips, mindfulness meditations, and lots more on my social media at Just Joom. Next week, we start a new series all about elections in Kenya. So do join us then. Thank you both for being here, sharing your stories with us so openly. Is there a final message you'd like to share with our listeners? And I know you're both a bit reticent on social media, but if you'd like people to follow you, then you are welcome to give your social media handles. So, Roy? Yeah, uh, my final thoughts would be uh, when you start doing things for yourself, it becomes easier to live with the decisions you make for your own self. That's very profound. And are you going to share your social media or are you going to keep that quiet? Nah, it's, no, yeah, I'm, I'm okay the way I am. <laughs> I do like, just so refreshing to see young people who are not fussed about social media. It's quite refreshing. And you, Beverly? Um, my final words would be, it gets better tomorrow. It will get better tomorrow. Um, today would be awful. It would be absolutely awful. But try tomorrow and try again the day after tomorrow and keep going with that mindset and you will get a better day. So if today is awful, it will get better. Tomorrow is that what you're be saying? Better. Okay, thank you, Beverly. Are you going to share social media? Um, you don't have to. Nah, I think my socials, I like staying incognito. So okay. It's pretty good. Thank you both. I think you're the first uh, guests who've not wanted to share. So thank you. To all my listeners, if you or someone you know is struggling with any of the mental health issues that we discussed today or anything else, please do seek professional help, whether that be a counselor or your doctor. You can also open up and share your feelings and mental health issues anonymously without fear of judgment on Bonga, www.bonga.or.ke. This is a safe space where you can start the healing process. To play out the show, we've got Beverly's final song choice, which is I'm Still Here by Sia. I'm Charlene Bala-Lucas. I'm grateful to all of you for your time today. Thank you for listening. And until next week, stay happy, be mindful.
Past and hunting me.